And we're going to begin there in verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And, uh, we're going to begin there in verse 13, and we will finish out, uh, definitely finish out chapter 4. Uh, we may get into chapter 5 tonight, not sure. Uh, but a lot to mention, a lot to say as far as the rapture is concerned. Uh, and uh, if there is definitely a, a time where God's people are looking up, um, I'll definitely say it's now. Uh, and if not, we should be. Uh, the Bible tells us that God's people should always uh, be looking, that we should always be watching. And we look around society today and we just uh, see how crazy things are. It is uh, definitely a reminder of uh, the fallen condition of mankind. Uh, it is definitely a reminder uh, that uh, sin uh, is definitely running rampant uh, across the world. Uh, even though we know the devil's not in control, uh, the Bible does say that he is the God of this age. Uh, and so he uh, is doing all that he can to cause as much chaos and as much havoc as possible. And uh, we just think about all the things that we've seen just take place uh, I know there's been a lot of things that's taken place in the last several years, but you just think about the things that's just taken place since COVID started, uh, since last year. You know, I mean, we've been here. We are. We've been in, you know, the pandemic, so to speak, if that's what you want to call it. We've been in that for you know last year and a half now, and uh, we think about all the things that's happened. And of course, I can't remember them all. There's been so many, but of course, we've seen. Uh, we've seen the havoc that COVID-19 has raised on families and churches and businesses and everything else for the last year and a half. And we've seen uh, all, the, uh, all the chaos from the riots in the streets and um, all the, the racial battles and all that stuff that's been going on for the last, uh, uh, last good while. Uh, ramped up definitely uh, since, uh, since COVID started. We uh, even uh, here recently... Uh, I mean, even now, I mean, we look at right now, we got uh, uh, all the hacking and stuff that's going on with the Colonial Pipeline. I think I got some good news, heard some a little while ago that they're getting that back up and going, you know. But, but I tell you what, what was, what was uh, interesting uh, is uh, this week as I was out, of course, driving around on my route, uh, you know, you look around and you just see people going crazy. Still right now, just going crazy over gas. Uh, and it's just like, really, folks, would you just calm down? Would you just chill out for a minute? I mean, really, uh, running us out. They run us out of toilet paper last time. They run us out of gas now. Uh, and it just amazes me uh, how, I mean, I would drive by just the last couple of days and see, you know, 20 cars lined up at a gas pump. And uh, just, uh, just this morning, I was going through Dillon and uh, saw a little gas station up there. And they had signs, enter here, exit here. And uh, people that work there directing traffic with about 20 cars uh, there at the gas station and, and, a, and a person that worked there who was pumping the gas for the people. So I suppose only allowing folks to get but so much gas. I imagine that's probably what that was about. Uh, but I tell you what, it's just amazing. I mean, everywhere you go, I was going to stop and get a little bit this morning, top my truck off on my way to work, looked over at Foster Fuels and saw they had bags on all the pumps. And I thought to myself, you got to be kidding I mean, just everywhere you go, it just seems like people have, uh, they're just, they've just gone crazy. And it, all the media has to do is say one little thing, and everybody's done lost their minds. And, uh, and it just makes me think, uh, you know, it just points towards even more so showing us that we're, that we're in the last days. Uh, you know, the, the fear that everybody has and, and, and the chaos that we see in the world. 
uh, it is definitely uh, an illustration of, uh, of just how, uh, how panicked everybody can be. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when the rapture takes place and what's going to be taking place here uh, on this earth whenever, of course, all God's people are gone and uh, we're all raptured up into the clouds with the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine what it's going to be like down here, the total chaos uh, that, that's going to be taking place? Uh, and so, uh, of course, we read throughout the Scriptures and we see that, um, you know, that uh, things are going to wind down and things are going to get tougher and things are going to get, you know, difficult. But even in those difficult times, it doesn't mean there's not going to be some, some good times and it still doesn't mean that we're not going to see God do some great things and God does great things every day. Uh, but it does show us that we are definitely winding down to the end of days. And, of course, God's plan has to ultimately be fulfilled. Uh, you know, it all has to happen. It all has to take place, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when God's set time it is. But we just see everything that's going on, and not with just COVID and all the racial stuff. We, we, see, the, uh, we see our country falling apart in so many different ways, even in, in, from, our, uh, from uh, the uh, Oval Office uh, to the Senate seats, the House seats, and even the, your local districts. You just uh, see how everything's pretty much being overrun and, and just seem like it's just been uh, deteriorating uh, from, uh, from this, uh, this idea that we, uh, you know, need to, for some reason, become, uh, uh, for some reason become Russia. I don't know. Uh, but we just kind of see this infiltration of everything that we have seen and known and, and, and have uh, trusted in as a country completely falling apart uh, right in front of us. And, and you can only imagine, uh, as I said, that when the rapture takes place, how, how much worse it's going to be. Uh, I, I'm just glad that I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. And I ain't going to have to deal with none of it. Uh, but as we look around and we just see how things are right now, we just see how bad it is. I mean, we see that uh, all the, uh, the, uh, the LBGTQ, uh, I can't even name all of them. You can be anything you want to now. I can't even keep up with it. You can be all of that stuff. And, you know, that we live in a country now that, of course, even by the Supreme Court has said, hey, you know what, it's okay if a man marries a man. It's okay if a woman marries a woman, you know. And, and that's, that, that's what we're living in. That's, that's the direction that our country has, has, has headed. And, you know, when you're living in a, uh, a country as well that, that kills millions of its own children every single, every single year, you know, every day, every week, thousands of our own unborn children are aborted and, and discarded uh, when, we, when we live in a state where the, where the governor who runs your own state says, if you don't want the child, just lay it out, and if you, if you don't want it, we'll just make it comfortable and execute it. I mean, what kind of... That, that right there is... I think all of these things just shows us just how bad uh, that our nation is deteriorating. And, of course, we see all the... Uh, as I said, all the riots, but then again, you know, as you see, you see all the murders, you see every, every time you turn on the news, I mean, it's just always something. We've got all this stuff going over there, going on uh, over there in Israel now uh, with Hamas and, and, and uh, Israel, Israel over there bombing them because they're shooting rockets over into Israel. And you got all that stuff going on. You got tons of junk going on with China, tons of junk going on with Iran. I mean, all across the world, you just see so many different things that's happening. Uh, and everything's winding down, you know. And, of course, nobody knows today. Uh, but I tell you what, the rapture's going to take place, and it's going to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was today. Well, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, but we need to be looking for it, and the Bible tells us that. Well, as we begin there in verse 13, notice, the Bible says, But I wouldn't have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them 
which also sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain and, uh, and unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. And of course we see there in verses 13 to 15, he is uh, uh, talking about the rapture and, 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 and is saying that whenever the rapture takes place, so what's going to happen is, is that uh, the Lord Jesus, when he comes back in the clouds, uh, what he's going to do is, is he's going to bring uh, the folks that are already in heaven with him. And they are going to come with him in the clouds. And whenever they come with him, what is their purpose? Their purpose is to come with the Lord. Those that have already passed away, those that have already died in Christ. Now, notice there in verse 13, he says, Concerning them which are asleep, uh, that means those that have passed away. Not talking about soul sleep, uh, but it's talking about the body as it is asleep. The body is at rest. Them which are asleep that you saw or not, even as others which have no hope, because we have our hope in the Lord Jesus. Others that are not saved uh, don't have the hope that we have. Verse 14, he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, talking about our salvation, if that's what we believe, even so them which uh, sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So those that, have already, those that are, have already trusted Christ and they have died in Christ and have went to be with the Lord in heaven, when the rapture takes place, God's going to bring them with him. The Lord Jesus is going to bring those folks with him in the clouds. Uh, and then he says in verse 15, he says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, now he comes, we left, the, we left the clouds, and now we're back down here on earth. And he says, For we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we uh, which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, that means precede or come before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so the whole idea is when the Lord Jesus comes back at the rapture, that the, the, the folks that have died in Christ that are already in heaven, the Lord Jesus is going to bring those folks with him. And as they come with him and as the trumpet sounds and as the Lord Jesus shouts and the trumpet sounds, what's going to happen is, is the bodies that are in the graves will be united uh, in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, you can see that in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. Will be reunited in the, in the twinkling of an eye with uh, with the spirits of those that are already in heaven. And so that's, uh, that's why the Bible says there in verse 15, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. In other words, he's saying we're not going to receive our glorified body before they do. They're coming with the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is going to shout. The trumpet of God is going to sound. And the, the bodies that are in the, the graves or in the oceans or wherever it is that they are at, God knows where every molecule of mankind is. Uh, if he can, uh, uh, I've heard people ask me this before. They say, well, what about, what about somebody that's been eaten by a wild animal? Or what about somebody that fell overboard in the ship, you know, and you, nobody knows where they're at? Listen, God knows where everybody is. Listen, if God can make Adam from the dust of the ground, then he knows exactly where every part of us is, right? And so he can bring that back no matter where, we are, no matter where we're at. And uh, we, he can even go over to the book of Revelation, I believe in chapter 20. And it talks about how the, when, when, the, when the dead are judged, that, they, that the sea gives up the dead which are in them. Uh, and so we see that even there at the great white throne judgment that uh, those folks, the bodies of the folks that, uh, that are lost, uh, wherever that they uh, were lost, whether it's at sea or anywhere else, 
that the Lord is able to reunite their spirit with their bodies. He, he knows where they are. Uh, but we see here in the text, he says in essence in verse 15, that those who are alive and remain, which means those that are here present on this earth, when the Lord Jesus comes back, when the trump of God sounds, the Bible says that the folks that have came with the Lord Jesus in heaven that have already died in Christ, they're going to receive their glorified bodies first. We're not, we're not going to precede them. We're not going to receive our glorified bodies before they do. That's what we're talking about. And so they're going to receive their glorified bodies. And it's going to happen just like that in the twinkling of an eye. And the Bible says in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so we see the trump of God sounds, and uh, the Lord Jesus descends from heaven with a shout. You know, it's interesting that every time you read in the Bible where the Lord Jesus shouted uh, or spoke in a loud voice, there was a resurrection. Every single time. Uh, now you think about uh, when Lazarus was there at the grave. Uh, and the Lord shouted, and Lazarus, uh, Lazarus came forth. Uh, we think about uh, uh, the Lord Jesus whenever he was on the cross. Uh, and when, uh, whenever he uh, shouted uh, uh, there on the cross, we see that, uh, that the uh, bodies of those that were, uh, the bodies of those that had been dead a long time, the Bible says that their graves opened up and the folks walked out, came up out of them, and walked into the streets. Uh, now, isn't that something, you know? Uh, I tell you what, that's, that's something else. Uh, and, that, of course, that happened after uh, the Lord Jesus was resurrected. And then here we see when the Lord Jesus shouts, we see that there is another resurrection, and that is the resurrection of the bodies uh, that are here on this earth. And they are reunited with the spirits that are there in heaven uh, that have come in the clouds with the Lord Jesus at this time. And then verse 17, he says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds. And so those that are here, uh, those that are here on this earth, when, uh, and, uh, which the Bible says alive and remain, uh, those of us who are here and alive when the rapture takes place, uh, after the folks uh, in, who have come with the Lord Jesus from heaven, after they receive their glorified bodies, the Bible says then we will receive ours. Uh, and it will happen in the twinkling of an eye as well. This whole thing is going to take place just like that. I mean, it ain't like we're going to be sitting around just kind of waiting, you know, and twiddling our thumbs. I mean, this is going to be something that takes place instantaneously. But they're going to get their glorified bodies first. We'll get our glorified bodies second. Uh, and the Bible says we'll be called up together with them. That with them is those folks that were already saved. And they came with the Lord Jesus in the clouds. And so when if the Lord, if the rapture was to take place tonight then that means the, the, uh, today, this very, in the next few minutes, that means that the folks that came with the Lord Jesus, they would receive their glorified bodies, we would receive ours, and then we would all meet them in, uh, up in the clouds together. Praise the Lord for that. And, uh, so, and then the Bible says, And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There in verse 17. Um, there in verse 18. And the Bible says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Now, the whole reason why uh, the, uh, the Apostle Paul was even teaching on this was because there was a lot of confusion about this subject because there were folks that were going in and, uh, and, and they were uh, uh, teaching about these kinds of things, but uh, they, they were steering people in the wrong direction. They weren't giving uh, good theology and they were saying all different kinds of things. And Some people were just uh, blankly lying about the whole thing, you know, that none of this is going to happen, none of this is going to take place, you know, and 
Uh, and then other folks were giving out some really, uh, some really uh, false content on what was, what was going to happen and what was going on. So Paul begins to talk about it uh, so that the folks have a clear understanding of how this whole thing is going to work out. So they'll have an understanding of what it means of, of what the rapture is. Now, there's a lot of folks that will say, well, you know, the Bible doesn't say rapture. You know, well, you, you speak on the rapture, but the Bible doesn't say rapture. Uh, now, the, the word rapture is not in the, not in the Bible, but in verse 17, uh, you see that word there in verse 17, it says caught up. And that word caught up in the Greek means harpazo. Uh, and whenever, uh, and uh, rapture is, the word rapture comes from, uh, comes from uh, uh, another language. Uh, I think, what was it? Uh, man, what was it? I can't remember what it was now. The word rapture, I think, was it? But anyways, Latin, that's what it was. I don't know what it was Italian. It was Latin. And so rapture is, uh, was uh, a Latin word used to describe, uh, uh, used to describe what, the, uh, what the catching away is. And so that phrase called away is used as the word rapture. But the Greek word is harpazo, which means to be snatched or means to be called away. Now, there's lots of uh, illustrations that we can see through the scriptures. Now, you go all the way back to uh, Genesis and you can see that uh, how the Bible even talks about it. You can even go to, I think it's the book of Jude, and it talks about how the seventh from Adam uh, uh, was, talks about uh, uh, Enoch, how he was uh, raptured up. The Lord Jesus, how, how the Bible says that God actually took him. Uh, he is uh, pictured in the Old Testament as a, uh, as a picture of the rapture of the New Testament church. Because when we think about what the times that we're going through, there are seven churches that are mentioned. There are seven church ages. And we are right now uh, prophetically, uh, most believe that we are prophetically in the Philadelphian church age and overlapping into the Laodicean period. And that Laodicean period, of course, means Laodicea means rights of the people. Now, how many, uh, now, there, even just in the last 2020, uh, we can see. Uh, what what is the what is the common phrase uh, of the day now? I mean, what are this? Is, these are my rights. What is my right for this? And my right for that? Uh, rights of the people. We are crossing over from the brother, from the age of the age of uh, the Philadelphian period of brotherly love, and we are crossing over into the Laodicean period. How far in? I don't know, uh, but we are overlapping into it, and it is in that Laodicean period that we see where the Bible says that. Uh, gives an illustration of how the church age in the last day feels like it doesn't need God anymore. It, it, we see that uh, the church age in, in the last day is described as a people who are lukewarm for God. They could care less about serving God. They can care less about coming to church. Uh, they can care less about any of those things. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, we look around tonight. We, we can see we have a, a church that seats 450 people. And what there's, well, let's see, include me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then a few in there in the back. And so there's ten up front, there's ten up here, all of us here together, and the church will seat 450 people. That's just the pews. Now, we're not talking about the choir, and we're not talking about room wings set out for chairs. What I'm trying to get you to see is, is that the Bible tells us that in the last days, that, there, that the church age, God's own people, God's, even God's own people, are going to be described as a people that are just lukewarm and could really care less about what's going on. 
And I think we see that. I think we're in the middle of that. I think we can see that. Uh, we see that uh, the, the Bible describes there in the book of Revelation in chapter 3, uh, talking about how uh, uh, you know, uh, the church age uh, says, you know what, we have this and we have that. We don't, we don't really need God. We don't really need all these different things. They lift up their hands and they worship, but it's all just lip service. There's nothing really, there's nothing to the heart. You know, and so what we see is, is right when that happens, when that Laodicean comes, Laodicean period comes, we see in the book of Revelation chapter 4 how it seems that the Bible illustrates uh, how there in uh, chapter 4 and verses 1 and following uh, that the church is raptured up uh, uh, into heaven. And so uh, I think we're getting really, really close uh, to the rapture. Now, nobody knows when. Only the Lord Jesus knows that, of course. But I think just by looking around at the different things that we can see in the scriptures, I think looking around by how we see society today is, I mean, what does the Bible say even in the book of Timothy talking about how in the last days uh, you'll see uh, lovers of their own selves, folks that are incontinent, out of control. I mean, gives a long, 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 long list of all different kinds of things of what it's going to be like uh, in, in the last days. Uh, and, and so we can see every single one of those things, ungrateful, unthankful to parents, disobedient. I mean, the, I mean, the Bible gives a long list of all kinds of things. And, we, and I know those things have been around uh, since, since sin's been into the world. I get that. But I tell you what, the more we progress and the, more, and the further that we go, it seems like the worse and the worse and the worse it gets. And I'm just going to be honest with you. To me, it seems like ever since COVID hit, everything's just ramped up and jumped up a few notches. I mean, it seems like it's just gotten worse and worse. Uh, and so we see uh, that the Bible says there in verse 18, as the Apostle Paul's teaching all this, he says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Uh, you know, and you say, well, preacher, I tell you what, you sure have given out a whole bunch of Bad news tonight. I mean, as we look around and we see what society is all about and we see what's going on in our world today, uh, we see what's taking place, uh, you know, it doesn't really give me a whole lot of encouragement. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why. Paul also knew what was going on back there in them days too. And so he said, listen, comfort yourselves with these words in knowing that one of these days we're going to be in heaven. One of these days we're going to be with the Lord Jesus. And one of these days we're going to receive our glorified bodies, you know. This, this body isn't it. Uh, you know, folks that were teaching that, uh, you know, you just live and, and uh, you have this, this, uh, this one moment, this one time, and once you die, that's it. There's nothing after that. And Paul's like, no, there's more to it than that. You got, man, you, well, when you die, your spirit goes to heaven. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And those that are saved, man, uh, when the Lord Jesus comes back for his own, uh, he's going to bring those folks with him, and they're going to receive glorified bodies. And then after they receive theirs, we're going to receive ours, and we're going to hear uh, the Lord Jesus shouting the trump of God's going to sound and we're going to be caught up into heaven to be with him just like that and so he says comfort one another with these words comfort one another with these words uh, and so we uh, use even though there's a lot of terrible things that's going on we comfort ourselves and we comfort each other uh, with the knowledge of knowing that listen even though things seem awful chaotic and even though things seem awful crazy right now uh, there is a destination for God's people. Uh, and, uh, and that place is far better and far sweeter than what we're going through right now. Uh, so we can see that even in the Old Testament there, as I was talking about in Enoch, the Bible describes him, the seventh from Adam, as a picture of the church. 
And the Bible says that God took him, that he was there, and then he was not, for God took him. Uh, we also say, and so he was, you know, uh, one of the two only people that we can read throughout the scripture that never tasted death. Uh, and so Enoch never died. The Bible says that God took him, uh, raptured him up, snatched him away. God took him. Uh, we also see the same thing happened to Elijah. Uh, whenever Elijah, the Bible says, shows us that he was whisked away uh, uh, on, a, on a chariot into heaven. He never tasted death. And so the, these two men, Enoch and Elijah, never tasted death. And they were raptured up, caught away into heaven. Now, both of them went up a different way. Uh, the Bible don't necessarily say how Enoch went. The Bible just says that God took him. Uh, but we, the Bible does tell us that Elijah, there was a chariot that came, uh, horses and chariots that came and picked him up and whisked him away uh, into heaven. I tell you what, that was a ride. Can you imagine that, being whisked away on a chariot into heaven? Uh, that was something else. Uh, but anyways, that's what, that's what happened to him. And so he was never raptured. Uh, he, was never, he never tasted death but was raptured up. Uh, but what we do see is the aftermath of that. Now, when the rapture takes place, what's everybody going to do? Of course, everybody's going to be walking around looking for folks because they're going to be missing people, you know, missing loved ones, missing friends, and, you know, uh, all different kinds of people that, uh, that uh, were friends and family members of, uh, of folks. They're, they're going to be gone. And so people are going to be walking around looking for them and wondering, you know, what's happened and what's going on and, and doing everything they can to try to find them. That's exactly what they did. Whenever Elijah was raptured up and Elisha, who was in his stead, went back and told everybody, listen, God doesn't raptured him up. He's not here. They didn't believe him. Uh, and uh, so they begged him to go let them go search for him. So Elisha said, fine, go ahead, go look for him. So they went out for three days and scoured the countryside and, and covered the mountaintops, everything they could to find Elijah. And they came back after three days and said, you know what, we can't find him nowhere. And Elisha said, well, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you he wasn't here? He's gone. The Lord's done took him. He's not here. And listen, the, the folks went out searching. Folks went out looking. And that's exactly what's going to take place when the rapture takes place here. Uh, God's people are going to be gone. There's going to be a lot of family members, a lot of friends that are left behind. And folks are going to be looking and trying to figure out what in the world happened to everybody. Uh, and uh, there's going to be all different kinds of uh, theories, there's going to be all different kinds of things that's going to come about. Uh, you, if you've been alive as long as I have, I know you've heard people say, well, they're going to say the aliens took everybody. and Hey, you know, that's possible. I don't know. I think they'll probably come up with all different kinds of things. Ain't no telling what the world's going to say that happened to all these, that happened to all these people. There's no, t and listen, and the world's going to believe it. You mean to t you say, preacher, you mean to tell me that millions and millions and millions and millions of people can go missing and the world's going to come up with an idea on what happened to all these people and everybody's going to believe it? Yes, they will. You can look around society today and you can see how gullible people are, all the things they believe, and it seems like everybody's uh, just been, uh, uh, just, I don't know, I just can't, I just get beside myself thinking about it. But I'll tell you what, folks are going to be, uh, folks are really, really, uh, going to be uh, believing, the Bible says in Second Thessalonians, that they're going to be believing a lie. Uh, and, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. The Bible says that God will send strong delusion so that they believe a lie. Uh, and when the Antichrist steps on the scene, and as he's there and the false prophet's doing his works and doing his wonders, everybody's going to be looking uh, at the Antichrist as he's almost like Jesus himself. And there will be this one world this one world government and there will be this one world religion and everybody will bow down uh, to the Antichrist 
And uh, I tell you what, it's going to be something. And folks are going to believe everything that's being shoved down the pipe, just as they are today. The Bible says here in verse 18, he says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm very thankful tonight that I have the word of God to comfort me during these times. When things are chaotic and things are crazy, I'm thankful that I have the word of God that I can come to, uh, that can comfort my heart, that can comfort my soul uh, when, we're going, uh, when we're going through these, uh, these crazy times. Uh, now... If you uh, go back to, hold your place here, and go back to the book of Acts. And I want you to go to the book of Acts, and let's take a look. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 8. And in Acts chapter 8, let's begin, let's begin over in verse 5. In Acts chapter 8, we'll begin in verse 5, and I want you to notice a guy named Philip. The Bible says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. The Bible says, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Now I know that Simon isn't the Antichrist. What I'm trying to get you to see here is that, uh, is that what, what we're going to see and what's going to happen is we're going to see that uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that can be swayed by the opinion of just one. And here we see, we, here we see Simon uh, who is in this city who has proclaimed himself to be some great sorcerer, proclaimed himself to be some great person. And the Bible says that he used sorcery and that he bewitched the people of Samaria. Uh, giving out himself that he was some great one. You know, that's exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to give himself out as he is some great one. The rapture is going to take place and God's people are going to be gone. And when God's people are gone, that means the Holy Spirit is, uh, the Holy Spirit is in essence lifted up off of this earth and the devil is now given a time that he is going to use is given a time to cause as much havoc and damage that he is going to cause. Uh, and so during this time, now understand this, the Bible also doesn't tell us, now we understand that the tribulation starts, the tribulation starts at the signing of the peace treaty with Israel. But understand this, the, the Bible doesn't say that after the rapture happens, we don't know how much time is between the rapture and the signing of the peace treaty. Of Israel, We don't know what that time span is. I mean, obviously it's probably pretty short. Who knows what it's going to be. But we know that the tribulation starts with that. But there's going to be this period 
Now, after the rapture, uh, well, of course, the world's going to try to have to get its bearings back together. They're going to have to try to figure out uh, what it's going to do and imagine, you know, the chaos and everything that's taking place. But out of the midst of it all, ultimately, there will be one who will rise up and he will bewitch the people and he'll use sorcery to do so. And, of course, the Bible teaches us that, uh, that uh, the Antichrist will be accompanied by the false prophet who will be working miracles and doing all these things. Go to verse 10. The Bible says, To whom they all gave heed. You see that? The Bible says they all gave heed to this man. There in verse 10, uh, From the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Now, now this was just a this was just a just this was just a, a regular guy like you and me, and uh, we're not, and we're not even talking about the Antichrist here. This was just a regular guy that was out who used sorcery, who used sorcery. All uh, obviously was uh, uh, demonically uh, empowered uh, by the things that he was able to do, but he was able to deceive the people and able to bewitch the people through sorcery and different things. And the Bible says everybody from uh, from this. From the, from the least of the people to the greatest of the people. The, the village people, the peons like me, all the way up to the people that were in high positions and, and, and great uh, seats of authority. Uh, bewitched all those people. And they all said, this is the great power of God. In verse 11, the Bible says, And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Uh, and so we can really see uh, how um, we can really see how the the power that the devil has uh, over uh, over folks, and we can also see uh, the influence that he can have on the world. Um, and you go down to verse twenty six, and let's get back. Let's get in touch with Philip again. The Bible says, "The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, said, Arise and go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem." Unto Gaza. Uh, now, at this moment, uh, at this moment, we see that uh, where he's at is he is in uh, he's in uh, uh, he is in uh, uh, Gaza. But what uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he says there in verse 26, unto that which go down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. So at the moment he's in Ashdod, he's going down to Gaza. But in order for him to get there, that's uh, uh, quite a few that's quite a few miles away. Uh, we're looking at about 30 miles. Uh, from uh, from where he was, where he's at now, to where it is that God wants him to be, but you know what? Distance doesn't mean nothing with God. Uh, God can snatch you up and rapture you anywhere. He can take you from over there and plant you over there, or he can take you from here and put you in heaven. Doesn't make any difference. But the Bible says that God needed Philip to do something, and so the Bible says the angel of the Lord there in verse twenty six, he spoke unto Philip and he said, Arise and go towards the south. Unto the way that goeth from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem to worship. And of course we see, uh, of course we see how in verse 29, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, told him to go near to the chariot. He ran there uh, to go near towards the chariot. And uh, he shows us how the Bible... Uh, he shows us uh, through the Bible how he went and uh, preached and opened up the Word of God to him. Then you get down to verse, he, he does all that, baptizes him down there in verse 38. You get to verse 39, and the Bible says, And when they were come up out of the water, come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, you see that next phrase? Called away. 
called away. In verse in First Thessalonians chapter four, in verse uh, there in verse seventeen, the Bible says caught up. There in verse seventeen, here in verse thirty nine in Acts chapter eight, the Bible says called away. You say, well, why is it two different? Why is it two different words? Why is why is First uh, Thessalonians four called up? Because that's where everybody's going. If uh, uh, Acts chapter eight, he don't say called up because it's not time for him to go up. He's going away. He's going somewhere else. God has somewhere he's going to put him, somewhere he's going to place him. He's not going, God's not rapturing him up into heaven. He's snatching him away to go put him somewhere else that is on this earth so that he can continue to do the bidding of God. Uh, And the Bible says there in verse 39, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit, capital S there, Holy Spirit of God of the Lord, called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. There verse 40, But Philip was found at Astus. And passing through, preaching all the cities. And so there in verses 39 and 40, uh, we see that from, uh, from where he was at uh, to here uh, is uh, around 30 miles away, uh, which is uh, about a day's journey or a little bit more than a day's journey. And there's no way. How, how did he get there so fast? I mean, one minute he's over here baptizing the eunuch, and the next thing you know, they, co- they come up out of the water. Uh, him and the eunuch, they come up out of the water, and, uh, and he... Philip just, boom, disappears just like that. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what it would be like I was up here baptizing somebody and as soon as they come up out of the water, boom, I just disappeared. Now, can you imagine? Uh, you'd be like, what in the world? Where'd Pastor Brian go? I don't know where he went. Can you imagine what the Philippian, uh, what the, uh, the eunuch was thinking? He was probably like, what in the world happened? And so we, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, there in verse 38, uh, uh, verse 39, that he came and he called away Philip. Didn't call him up like in 1 Thessalonians 4 because he's not going up in the clouds. He called him away because he has somewhere else for him to go down here. And so verse 39, he was called away. And the Bible says in verse 40 that he was found in Astus, which is Ashdod, which is 30 miles away. So God snatched him up and planted him 30 miles away just like that. And as soon as he got to where he was, he didn't waste no time. And as soon as he got down there, the Bible says uh, that he was passing through, preaching in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Uh, and so we see that he uh, had a mission uh, that God was calling him to do. He was snatched up and went away. Uh, many different references. I brought all these up tonight just so you can see the different references that we can see in the Scripture in regards to the rapture and that the one that we're looking forward to is not the only uh, if you want to call it rapture, that there's been. There's been a rapture of uh, or a snatching away of Philip from one place to the next. Uh, there's been a, a rapture of Elijah. There's been a rapture of Enoch. Uh, we see these things. But ultimately, one day, there's going to be a rapture of the whole church. Uh, and the whole church is going to be gone. Uh, and so I definitely think that as we look around and we see society today, and we see what's going on, that we definitely need to make sure that we are looking. We definitely need to make sure that we are saved. Because listen... When the rapture takes place, I believe the Bible teaches us that if, listen, there's going to be a lot of people that get saved after the rapture. There will be. There will be a lot of people that get saved after the rapture. However, I believe that we also see through the scriptures uh, that if you've heard a clear presentation of the gospel and, uh, and you have turned away from that, when the rapture takes place, you've pretty much sealed your fate. Because the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians that God will send strong delusion so that the people believe a lie. Uh, and, you know, I've heard people say, well, I'll just wait and see if God's real when the rapture takes place. You know, that's foolish theology. That's foolish thinking. For one, 
For one, you don't know when the rapture is going to take place. Two, you don't know the theology behind that because what you're doing is you're not putting your faith and trust in God. You're waiting on a sign, okay? And there's a difference between the two. And not only that, but you don't know when you're going to die. You may not even make it. You say, well, and nobody even knows when the rapture is going to happen. So that's, that's foolishness uh, to have that kind of thinking. Uh, but uh, if there's one thing that we need to be doing as we look at in society today, we see how everything is uh, falling apart. We see how things are just uh, going crazy every single day. There's always something. Uh, I think God's people just need to be ready, you know. But uh, but it doesn't mean just because it doesn't mean just because all this is happening that you know we just give up throwing the towel and say, well, you know what, um, better luck next time. No, it's we keep serving till the Lord Jesus comes. Amen. We keep plowing. We keep serving. We keep doing what it is that God's called us to do until the Lord Jesus comes back. We don't know when that's going to be. Listen, I don't know about you, but I like the idea of, of get, when I get to heaven of the Lord Jesus looking at me and saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If there's anything that I want to hear, it is that. I don't have to, that, that, is, that is all that I need to hear. I don't, I don't have to hear, I don't have to have all, you know, all this others. Just to hear my Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. That right there tops everything that anybody could ever even possibly say. Uh, to me. Uh, and so that's what I look for. That's what I strive for. Uh, you know, the Bible also talks about how we don't want to be ashamed at His coming. Uh, you know, and I definitely, uh, I definitely don't want to say, you know, well, I'm a Christian, Lord, you know, I, you know I am. But, you know, when the Lord Jesus comes back, He finds me doing something that I ought not be doing. Amen. I don't, I don't want that to happen. Or finds me not serving when I should be serving. Finds me you know, uh, not doing whatever, you know. I just, I don't want to be ashamed when the Lord Jesus comes back. Uh, so, you know, I just uh, want to make sure that I'm serving Him the best I can, being the man of God that, uh, that I need to be uh, in this imperfect body. Uh, but the Bible says there in verse 18, comfort one another with these words. And we'll just hit into chapter 5 real quick. He says, but other times in the seasons, brethren, you have no need that are right unto you. For uh, yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord uh, so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness." Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day, talking about those who are saved, be sober, which means have a sound mind, be able to think clearly, have your wits about you. Be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation, that kind of go, uh, chimes in with Ephesians chapter 6. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake uh, or sleep, in other words, whether wake means whether we're alive, sleep means dead, that whether we are awake or sleep, alive or dead, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves... Together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And uh, we're going to finish off twelve to uh, verses twelve to twenty-eight uh, next week. 
Uh, but as we look through here, we can see how the Apostle Paul was trying to tell the people. He says, listen, we are children of the day. We, we, we are uh, the Lord Jesus is uh, for us to, um, uh, to work while it, is, uh, while it is yet day. For the night cometh. When no man worketh. What are we talking about? We're talking about that end of time. We're talking about when this moment takes place. The Bible says, listen, it's going to be too late. So what you need to do is, is while it's day, while you have the opportunity, during this age of grace, work, serve, take advantage of the time you got, uh, and use it to the best of your ability. Because you are the children of the day, you are not the children of the night, you are not walking in darkness, you are a light to this world, and because you're a light to this world, keep looking up, keep looking up, keep watching there in verse 6, May be sober there in verse 6, man, I, you know, when, the idea of being sober has so many, has so many different meanings to it, because we, we, we see how he uses the euphemism for, for, for drunkenness as well. Uh, and so the whole idea of being sober is someone who is of a right mind, someone who can think clearly, someone who can, uh, someone who has some reason, someone who has some wits, someone who can differentiate between different things. And so he says, listen, as God's people, that's who you are. And so while you're walking in the world of darkness, he says, you are not darkness, you are a child of the day. But as you walk in darkness, be sober-minded, be think for your think clearly, man. Don't let other people think for you, uh, but think clearly. You know, uh, uh, see the situation. Have some wits about you. Have some understanding. Have some wisdom. Um, there in verse eight. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation, because God hasn't pointed us to wrath. Uh, and so, uh, we're going to end there with that. And we see, of course, Paul talking about the rapture there. We've uh, seen other illustrations of it as well throughout the scriptures and how God has raptured folks up in different, uh, different ways uh, in different times. All right. Well, let's be dismissed in prayer tonight. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this day uh, that you've given us. We thank you for your blessings tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, use your word to... Uh, the best, uh, uh, the best that we can um, grab a hold of it, Lord, that you would uh, use it tonight to speak to our hearts. And uh, God, I pray that you give us a good rest of the week, keep us safe, bring us back here to our next appointed time on Sunday. And all this we pray in Jesus' name.